Hey friends, welcome to the ADHD Boss Podcast. I'm Ellen Argo and my mission is to help you make more money with self-trust and more fun this year in your business with your ADHD brain. If you are looking for ways to empower your brain, scale your business and have more fun, please subscribe to this podcast. Welcome to episode number 27. I thought it was really interesting when a person came up to me and they're like, did you know that you are technically in the top one percenters of all podcasters? That's because a huge amount of podcasts don't even make it to six episodes and an even less amount makes it to 21. As soon as you hit 21 episodes, you are officially in the top 1% of podcasts. And I want to remind you that if you just keep going, you are going to get better, you are going to get better results, and you are going to end up creating incredible things. Most people aren't willing to keep going. Most people become uncomfortable and they quit. And the only thing that means that you will fail is quitting. And if you keep going, you will not fail. You might fail in the means of not doing it exactly the way you want to the first time, but we're learning, right? So even if you are in this place where you are on episode number four and you're not quite sure that this is what it needs that you need to be doing, keep going. If you have decided that this is where your time is valuable, for me, my thought process on podcasting is I can help so many people in this 20 to 30 minutes of me speaking into a microphone. And it only takes me about 20 to 30 minutes for me to write the content because this is something I'm super passionate about. So it's really only an hour out of my time and I can impact a limitless amount of people. So when you've decided that this is worth your time, don't stop. Keep going. I promise it'll be amazing. So today's podcast is a little bit about what I just spoke about, but mostly it's about success comparison. Success comparison is inevitable. We all do it. We all get sucked into our egoic brain thinking that it's useful and helpful for us to compare ourselves to other people, that it's going to motivate us, but really all it does is shut down our brain, makes us feel shame, and is not motivating. It causes negative emotion. But here we go. This is what I had planned for today's podcast. Success comparison. If so-and-so were running my business, this would be so much more successful. This is still a thought that I battle constantly even when others reassure me that it isn't true. I also know that nothing anyone says unless I choose to believe it will help me. I want to say that again. If I choose to believe something, then it is truth, right? For me. But other people can tell me things all the time and until I choose to believe it, it doesn't mean anything. So even though people are trying to help me with helping me understand that other people owning my business, it wouldn't be more successful. 
When I don't know that in my brain and I'm not choosing to believe them, it's never going to be able to be received. So I really want you to hear that because it's really easy. Other people are always going to want to help us and they're going to make want to make us feel better most of the time. And now it's our responsibility to recognize they're sharing their thought with us. They're sharing with us, I think you're an incredible business owner. Wow, that's cool. And now because you know that you get to choose that, I want you to feel it. And I want you to take it in. I don't want you to just shove it off because you have such a belief that it is not true. I want to invite you to hear those kind words that other people believe about us and not only hear the things that our brain has to offer. When we can hear multiple different thoughts about a singular situation, it can help us build some space between the things that we believe are truth and gives us more options. So with knowing that I can recognize that they offered me a thought that I could think about myself, but I now know that it's up to me to believe it or not, This is why so often we can try to lift our friends up and sometimes it helps and sometimes it doesn't. It's not because we have said the right thing. It's because they don't have thoughts supporting that your thought could be true. And likely they have never learned to manage their minds, which is really sad. But anyways, let's get back to the original thought because just thought swapping to a thought that feels better means we have just tried to stick a flower in a giant pile of poop and make it look pretty. That poop on a hot summer day, it's going to smell like poop. The thought, the next time it comes up, is going to feel just as terrible. Until we allow ourselves to feel the emotion and actually move through it, that poop, also known as the thought, is still going to be there, lurking around the corner, just waiting for its next hot summer day and a giant gust of wind to go right up your nose. (laughs) When I think the thought, if so-and-so person owned my business, everything would be better, I then start to think about how well my employees would be managed. I think of all the possible mistakes I have made. I even make things up about how things are so terrible. And I ultimately, it makes me feel like I'm a failure and my brings up incompetencies. And this is not helpful at all. But when I recognize that I'm responding to my negativity bias and understanding that I have human weakness, I can recognize. I am thinking that someone else would be a better business owner, a better CEO than me. Where are the places I am feeling like I am weak? What am I feeling I need support in? Let's truly look at those things. The first thought that I wrote down, I am bad at letting people go. Especially after I let them go. I hold on to thinking about them and feeling bad about it. I always wonder what more I could do to support them. I am always trying to make sure that my employees are happy, that I am there for them. When I write these things down and truly examine the reasons why I believe that I am not a good owner, that somebody else would be a better fit, when I was spiraling, exhausted as I laid in bed at night, before I allowed myself to write them down, they felt so 
big. Like I had absolutely no control over them. This is where the spiral can get even bigger. When we have this belief, they are bigger than you. When you truly start to believe you are a failure and you can especially know when you have found proof. When this happens, I want you to pause. I want you to write your thoughts down and truly examine like the step above. When I wrote it down and expressed that I am bad at letting people go after I let them go, I can see that I am perfectly okay with missing people and wishing them the best after they leave. I want to run a business like that, that we miss people when they're gone, that we care about their happiness. When I look at the thought, I'm always wondering what more I could do to support people. I can recognize this is a wonderful skill to have. It's exactly what gets me to the growth place. This is the reason why I am in business, to support people into their best lives at work. So they are truly supported. And I learn more and more every single day from this thought. In my brain, this thought felt negative. But as soon as I can take it outside of my brain, I can see how this thought can also be one of the most powerful questions I can ask myself. Always being in a learning mentality, not from a place of disbelief like it sounded when I was operating from the negative, but this is also what opens my eyes to new horizons and innovation. Innovation, remember, is also what sparks our dopamine. Our body is always looking for dopamine. Are we going to get it from a positive place or a negative place? This also opens up new possibilities. The ability to hold space for my employees even more. This is not a weakness at all until my brain tries to make it so. It is only through the writing it down and getting it out of my brain that allows me to examine it and recognize its positive aspects available. I am always trying to make sure that my employees are happy, that I am there for them. This goes right back to the previous. I am so happy that I care about my happy, about how happy my employees are. Happy employees, they work hard. They know that they have a purpose. They stay, they do a great job. And they very likely bring in people that are also happy, wonderful employees. Happy employees is the reason I am more than a one-woman band. I created and hired people because I wanted to create an impact. I wanted to create an environment that uplifts and cares for each other, that we are a family of sorts. We are driven to support each other. And I have attracted so many amazing employees because I care about their happiness. Another thought that I had that made me believe that I was a terrible boss was I don't respond for a while when I'm busy. In my mind, before I write this, before I wrote this down, it felt like I was letting people down, that I was neglecting them, that it must be frustrating to not be able to figure something out for me to not be there to help them. 
but truly, I want them to know that I believe in them, that they can figure things out. And if they give it their best try, that I will not be angry with them for trying to figure something out and for them to be innovative. I can't hold it against myself to not be at everyone's beck and call. Sometimes supporting someone can even look like letting them figure it out. Once I wrote that down, I recognized that this isn't a problem either. Man, writing things down and seeing externally from my brain is just insane how different it is. When I allow myself to write things down, I examine the thoughts and what they actually mean to me. I can one, learn the thoughts that my mind is offering me on a regular basis and decide what I believe about them. Two, we get to decide, is there something I want to learn or support myself with this in the future? For example, did I uncover something that I would like to innovate? Is there a system that I can create, understanding that I believe I'm letting people down in this area? What's something that I can do now with this awareness to support them and help them not feel neglected, right? The other day, I knew that I didn't do a great job with asking people to thumbs up important messages. So I could see that everyone had seen a new policy update. And I knew that I would forget to look and see who thumbs up the message and who to make sure needs to check our messaging system, which is how we cascade important messages to everyone so no one shows up blind to work where they don't understand all the innovations that we've made When we find some easier way to do something, we are always innovating. But that also means that my people need to be looking at our communication system. And most of the time, we only get two thumbs up per message. And so I'm working on trying to figure out how to make that better. And I recognize that my brain isn't naturally built on remembering to follow up on things. I'm an innovator. I'm a dreamcaster. I'm already six years down the road trying to figure out how we can reach those goals. I am not the person that is going back and checking the dots and the I's and the T's that are crossed. I'm already gone. So knowing that about my brain, I got to innovate a way to support myself. Not only do I recognize thoughts, but I'm able to recognize and choose what they actually mean. And when actions need to shuffle out of them, then I can see them and learn what I can do to support my brain and the problems my brain is offering me. Another thought that comes up a lot is I'm failing everyone. Yeah, this is a really heavy, tough thought. But I'm not going to lie, with every single entrepreneur that I've talked to has thought this thought multiple times. I want to normalize thoughts that aren't helpful. I don't want you to feel alone. And I want you to know that it doesn't mean that we have to believe them. I want you to know that it doesn't mean that you were failing them. It just means that you were a passionate entrepreneur that really wants to do a great job for yourself, and for others. It's really important that we can discern what is truth from a lie. When I get to this place, I recognize that I am here through the tightness in my chest, probably not sleeping well. I'm probably crying and I'm extra sensitive. These are what often clue me in even faster than recognizing the thoughts that I'm thinking. 
before I can even recognize that I am thinking that I am a failure, I recognize my behaviors of the sensitivity to the not sleeping, to the tightness in my chest. Many times it's also snacking a little extra, drinking a little extra coffee. When I feel this, I now reactivate my choice enabler. Obviously a technical term. (laughs) When I recognize the thoughts or my behaviors is when I get to write them down. This is when I get to analyze my thoughts. This is when I get to choose which path I want to to take, which thoughts I want to think about myself. We're no longer hijacked by our brain in this negativity. I get to reflect, see what I can support in the future. And I get to recognize that I will think I am a failure. These are the places that I found are evidence for my failure. How can I support myself now? What do I need to put in place to support myself and my future self? Do I need to hire someone for this task? Do I need to create a system to help me remember? Or whatever it is. How can I know that this thought is going to pop up again? And what can I do to help me remember that it is not truth? and that I am not a failure. I think there's this big, huge lie in the world where it's like, well, if I deal with it, then it will never come back. And I don't, I don't really know if that's true. I think a lot of the things that we've worked on throughout our lives, we have thoughts that are fairly cyclical, and we'll see them in our lives in multiple different ways. And I think it's to this point where as long as we recognize that it isn't true, maybe after a few years, we can strengthen the muscle and break the chain of the conversation that you're having with yourself. But what if we were okay with that chain breaking in years to come? We don't expect things to happen immediately. We don't feel like we're a failure because we're still thinking this thought about ourselves. We still just get to experience and choose that we are not a failure or whatever is your common thought in multiple different areas of your life. We're building that muscle in all of the different ranges of motion. So knowing that it will come up again, that it is nothing wrong with your brain because it came back up again, what are you going to put in place so that you can remember that it is not true. And remember some of the things that you decided to do instead. What are some of the systems? I've shared this with you in previous podcasts, but I have things in my reminders. I have a list of decisions in my reminders list on my phone, which is accessible to me everywhere. And I can add things in that when I remember something about my brain in a system. Because I've done this enough that I recognize that my brain forgets. So this is one of the systems that I put in place. Understanding my humanity and understanding my strengths and understanding my weaknesses. Not judging my weaknesses, but supporting my weaknesses. I decided that this was the best way for me to support my brain and to lean forward into continuous innovation. 
How can I move through this and understand my brain so that the next time that I fall into this, I have a solution at my fingertips? Yes, I'm moving through it for a multiple time, but now I've practiced and I'm remembering the system that I've created for when I have this problem. I think it's really helpful when we have a pretty similar place that we can go back to for the same thing, right? I don't have to remember a different system for every single time. I just know when I'm processing a shitty emotion and I'm trying to move through it, and I know I've been through this before, I'm going to go through my reminders and go back through my decisions. What are the things that I decided I'm going to do in the future? We all have different specific things that feel like failure to us. We all have different triggers. We all have different strengths, things that we do great at and things we aren't so great at. Recognizing these and learning to support ourselves versus indulging in thoughts like, I'm a failure. This doesn't activate your creative centers in your brain. When you start to catch yourself and continue to learn about your brain and you support it, analyze and validate what your brain is offering you instead of shaming it and bringing anger with it, its inner workings. We can build systems that support our business, support our employees, support our personal lives, and our family in a way that is unique to us and our value systems. This gives us a few more pebbles for our solid foundation that builds an unshakable ground. It doesn't mean that it has to be perfect right now, but it's an incredible part of my journey to self-love and self-acceptance. And part of that journey of building my business that I want to run. We don't learn and grow in a vacuum. If we thought perfect thoughts and we never had any opposition, everything was hunky-dory, I really truly think our brains would be bored and we wouldn't be pushed to innovate. Another thought is that I have often, they hate me or they are going to make others hate me. This is a very common thought amongst those with rejection sensitivity dysphoria. More common than many of us would like to admit. It's completely debilitating. We can take something like an eye glance or any movement out of character of someone we love and make ourselves believe that they completely hate us. This is only your rejection sensitivity dysphoria speaking. This is not you. This is your brain in survival mode trying to keep you safe, which it is likely thought this thought many times over. So it is a very well-rutted, easy road to take. Many of us have been thinking thoughts like this since we were very young children. When I believe something has happened already that I believe that they hate me for, I ask myself, did I act from love? Then I can either say yes or no. When I say no, I reflect back on my behaviors and what I might have been reacting from, what I reacted from, my thoughts about them hating me, or my disbelief in myself. I can learn and grow from this place. I can learn what I can do in the future to support my brain, to learn my triggers, so that in the future I can treat them and myself with love and respect in the moment. 
When I say yes, I acted from love. I can know that I truly did the best that I could. I was authentic to myself and lived out of everything I have control over. If it is true and they really are mad at me, then I can know that I did the best I could. I was kind. And if they misunderstood that, it doesn't have to do anything with what I did. It means that they have a wound that is out of my control. I am more than happy to have a conversation with them. I know that I am a highly intuitive person. And when I think someone is angry with me, maybe they don't hate me like my brain uses to, used to offer even more, but still offers quite often. But I think they are agitated or I offended them. From this place of knowing that I acted from love, I show up an entirely different way. I show up with belief for myself. which shuts down any need to justify my actions without any need to seek validation. But I can show up for them in support of them, hoping that they can understand my intention for them, not for me. I can let them know, hey, I noticed you got a little quieter, shrunk down, and then quickly walked away. If you need to talk about it, if there was a misunderstanding, please let me know. I am here for you. This is also a great way to open communication without an argument. When you come at it for them, not to make yourself feel better, your tone will be entirely different. It will be kind. When you come at it for them, you won't have to think about your body language. It will just happen naturally. You are so much better received when you come at things from a positive, helpful, caring place. When you are looking for validation that you are not a jerk or wanting to show them it's their fault for misunderstanding you, you also show up in a very different way. In fact, isn't body language one of the things you picked up on that made you think that they hated you? When you show up in love, your body language and tone say so. When you show up in defense and not in love, your body language and tone say so. When you can process your emotions and recognize how you can better show up in love next time, you can share that with them too as an apology. Hey, this is what I noticed. This is what I'm going to do next time. There is nothing more awesome than to have someone be rude to you and then have them apologize after a solid reflection on, this is what I'm going to do next time. That shows that they are willing to grow and change. There is nothing weak about that at all. Or when you express emotions from a place of knowing that you are a good person, that you acted out of love, you can do more of that. You get to hold space for them. Understand their misunderstanding. Know they are responsible. They are responding from a wound in their soul. This creates greater space for understanding in the future, and maybe even a deeper bond. If you love this podcast, we would love your review or a share with a friend. If you're ready to jump in, create change, and trust your brain this year, let's jump on a complimentary coaching call. You can go to ADHDboss.fun or you can go to ellen.argo on Instagram. There is a link in my bio to book your complimentary one-on-one coaching session. I can't wait to meet you soon. Bye, friends.